You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 5720 Ridge Avenue. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday evenings at 5 p.m. It's 2019. I'm not getting used to writing that yet. I don't know if you have. And I'm still seeing people for the first time in this year, you know, so people are still saying Happy New Year because it's the first time we're seeing each other. And Happy New Year is what we say, uh, but many of us are struggling with the start of this new year. Let's just be honest about that. It kind of feels like more of the same. When, when 2019 starts with Philly's first homicide 17 minutes into the new year, and our government is already uh, in the longest shutdown of U.S. history, uh, we feel it. But it's not all the same evil happening everywhere. There is change happening too. And we often miss it because it's not often getting talked about. So I'm going to talk about it this season. Uh, We're in the season of epiphany. And as we talk about change in our own lives, I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna start each talk with some good news uh, about change. Because change is possible, right? It's hard, but it's possible. So here's the story for this week. Uh, over the course of the last four years, this is some, in, some news um, from the country of Indi- India. I was um, intrigued by this because my husband's, family, my husband's father grew up in India, and uh, they have family friends there. We got to visit many years ago, 10 or so, 11, I guess now, but... Over the course of the last four years, the Indian government has made it their mission to provide sanitation coverage for the entire nation. That is 1.3 billion people. And their success has reportedly saved thousands of lives so far. Uh, So far, the, the cleanliness campaign has increased the nation's sanitation coverage from 40 to 90%. And the nation is set to achieve the total coverage by October of this year, 2019. This campaign is the most significant government-led project to improve public health and cleanliness. With improved public access to toilets and hygiene facilities, the World Health Organization says that this initiative's completion will have prevented the deaths of 300,000 children. That's pretty incredible. And then in the course of reading this, it led me to one other article that I wanted to share with you. Uh, We've created an incredible plastic pollution problem in the world's oceans, as you may know. And there's this group of 5,000 fishermen um, in the area of Kerala in India, in the city of Kalam, that have taken it upon themselves to clean up the oceans. Instead of tossing all the trash that they collect in their nets back into the water, they began hauling it to land. And so far, they've collected a whopping 65 metric tons. I had to look that up. It is 143,300 pounds worth of trash. And uh, not only that, but after urging their local, some local government agencies to help, 
they managed to facilitate the creation of a new recycling center, which is the first in that region. And the Department for Women's Empowerment helped to create it. Um, it helps. It's created to help women find employment. They then hired an all-female crew to run the facility and sort through plastics. The most damaged plastic is then shredded into fine confetti and is sold to local construction crews to strengthen the asphalt used in the creation of new roads. It's pretty great, right? If we would all just follow their lead, uh, we might be able to save our oceans. So what does it take to change course like that? This season of epiphany that we're celebrating for nine weeks um, is all about revelations that prompt us to change. Change course or, or go a different way. Or return home an, by another route like the Magi did last, last week. We read their story last week and considered their journey to find the baby born king of the Jews. They traveled far, uh, convinced that something cosmic had taken place. They had seen his star and they had come from the east to worship him. And after they encountered Jesus, the long-awaited rescuer for the nation of Israel, they were warned in a dream not to go back to the King Herod, but to return home by another route. Not two years into this revelation of God on earth, this cosmic shift in the world, we see more of the same horror and suffering. You could say it intensifies even because the disruption of this baby brought such backlash of evil. In an attempt to eliminate any threat to his throne, King Herod murdered the baby, the children under age of two. We're still in the shadow of this revelation of God to the wise men. Jesus is the revelation of God in the flesh, and we still see the backlash of evil at work. So for these few weeks, we follow the wise men with our hearts and our minds looking for epiphanies, looking for revelation of God. And like the wise men, uh, we may be prompted to go another direction. So let me pray for us before we move on. Jesus, we are looking for you tonight. Please reveal yourself to us. In Jesus' name, amen. It's hard to change, isn't it? I'm, I'm going to physical therapy right now for pain that I've had in my feet for years. And she told me that it wasn't actually my feet. Although the problem is manifesting there, she said that it has to do with my hips and my core strength. So I'm doing these core exercises, and she keeps telling me, no, try it again and, and do it this way. And there are these tiny adjustments, mostly having to do with the way that I'm thinking about doing the exercise. It's kind of amazing, really, that just thinking about how I'm doing the exercise changes what muscles I'm using. Physical therapy is a lot about 
relearning how to do things. I can actually perform the actions that she's telling me to do, but she is helping me do them differently and engage different muscles. My other workaround um, like bypasses the muscles that I need to be using. So now, because of her, I can move my body in a different way using different muscles. And the more that I use that awareness, <clears throat> excuse me, awareness and engage those muscles, the chronic pain that I've had is eased. But it is hard to change. It's hard to be that conscious. When, you're, when you've moved in your body uh, for a certain way for a long time, uh, the work that it takes to change and do it uh, a different way is hard. I think that goes for anything, really. Humans, in general, are creatures of habit. Once we have done things a certain way, it's hard to change how we do them. I was at my daughter's winter concert this week, and I was laughing about this with the woman next to me. We started chatting, and she told me that she always gets to these things too late, and she has to sit in the back, and that's disappointing to her because she tries to take videos or photos, and it's all just people's heads in her picture, you know, or like an iPad of someone in front of her who is videoing the whole thing. And so, it, you know, it blocks the, her view of her daughter. She has a sixth grade daughter, Aaliyah. I have a fifth grade daughter, Aaliyah. So we hit it off. Uh, and we had this time to chat because she came early to get a good seat. And she was intentionally changing her pattern and told me the work that it took to do that. When the concert started, she started, of course, recording. Uh, but not long in, it became apparent that her daughter was going to hold her music binder up too high the whole time. And from our view, our great view down front, the angle was such that we couldn't see her face at all. So for the whole concert, her face was covered. Not one second of that video could she see her daughter. And she just started laughing. I hadn't yet noticed or realized what was going on until she was like shaking beside me. So I look up to see her daughter thinking, what is going on? And I, I realized, sure enough, the whole concert, she couldn't see her. Sometimes doing something different doesn't yield the results that we want, of course. I know that she wished she could have gone back uh, and had her daughter go back and do it again differently. And if you are a parent, you probably recognize this as a common experience of parenting. Changing our patterns is hard enough, but we're also responsible for shaping our children's patterns. In our household, we have this practice of gently prompting our kids to try that again. When they are testing out certain behaviors, and I want them to do it differently or to make a better choice, I tell my kids with just the right level of warning in my voice, try that again. And it's a chance, you know, to pause. It's a little, a little warning to think about what they're doing 
and to go back and make a different choice that might yield a different outcome instead of the inevitable path that they're on. But of course, you don't have to be a parent to get the importance of this. Um, we could all probably look back at 2018 and wish that we could do parts of it over again, trying to go a different way or do a different thing to end up in a better place than where we are right now. That's the whole idea of New Year's resolutions, right? Reflect on where you've been and where you're going and make a conscious choice to change, to go a new direction. But it is hard to do. There's a story recorded in the Gospel of Luke about Simon, Simon Peter, this fisherman who becomes one of the disciples of Jesus. And in this story, Jesus essentially tells him, go back and do it again. This is an opportunity for Simon to change. The whole encounter was like a pause and a try again. And it led to very different outcomes. But before we read the story, um, it's worth noting that tradition says this book was recorded by Luke, who was a doctor. So I think it's safe to assume that a level of attention to detail and care that physicians need to have uh, went into this writing. And he even says at the beginning of his book why he's writing it all down. He says that many others have compiled writings, and after investigating everything carefully, he decided to write an orderly account of the events that have been fulfilled among them. And then he, he, his stated purpose was that the reader could have confidence in the soundness of teaching they had received. This goes for us too. We're not just acting blindly um, what our faith is, is about. We, we can go back to the Bible to see Jesus more clearly because we need confidence too. And the Bible is a source of revelation of God to us. So let's see what's revealed to us through this story. Somebody read for us. That was Luke 5, 1 through 11. So Jesus is teaching on the shores of the lake, and it gets so crowded that he asks Simon if he can use his boat. And Simon's there at the lake because he was just fishing all night, and he's cleaning his nets to go home. And the first thing Jesus does is get in his boat. Right when Simon is tired and weary, Jesus gets into his boat and asks him to relate to him. This is in the middle of Simon's life and work. He says, I'm in this with you. Relate to me. I'm doing something here. I'm getting next to you as I do it. And Jesus makes this small request to push off from shore. But Simon does have more work to do. He's cleaning his nets. Uh, he wants to go home. It's the end of his work day. But Jesus comes into this rhythm uh, with something to say. He's, he, he's saying a lot, actually, because he's teaching this whole group of people. But it's not just about a teaching moment with Jesus. He finishes with the crowd, and he says to Simon, row out farther 
into the deep water and drop your nets. Do it again, Simon. Um, but Simon is weary and tired. He has done what he has always done and actually has nothing to show for it. And Jesus is right there with him saying, no, do it again. With Jesus in the boat, the whole picture changes. Only Simon, of course, doesn't know that yet. He's basically like, what's the point of going back and doing it again? And he addresses Jesus with this polite term, master. It's a respectful address, um, but he didn't hide his resistance. This instruction didn't make any sense. He says, we have worked hard all night and caught nothing. To the crew that he's just been out with, uh, this must have seemed absurd, like a total waste of effort. Why go back and do it again? Simon knows what to do. He has been doing it, and he already knows what the outcome is going to be. What he doesn't know is that this is about what Jesus wants to do. And that changes everything. Simon's efforts aren't the whole picture here. Jesus wants to draw Simon's attention to something else. It's kind of like my physical therapist saying, try it again, this way, my way. Jesus is drawing Simon's attention to Jesus' mission. He's inviting Simon into a whole new way of living and moving and working in the world. And Simon doesn't know that yet. He's, he's just used to doing things for his own reasons, on his own strength. But he respectfully agrees to go back and try it again. Simon says, but because you say so, because of your word to me, I will do it. Simon was listening respectfully to Jesus' words to the crowd for some time, right? I assume he was probably in the boat with Jesus because it says that when Jesus finished speaking to the crowd, he spoke to Simon. When Simon does what Jesus said, even if it was just out of respect, even if it was with reservation or doubt, Simon's eyes were opened to who Jesus was. He took the step of faith in believing that Jesus' word is for him, and he does it. He followed through. And when he did, when he obeyed, something happened that was so much bigger than Simon and his fishing boat. The catch of fish was overflowing. He had to call out his other partners to help with their boats, and they were so full they began to sink. But it wasn't about the fish. Jesus' revelation of God to Simon had to do with Jesus himself and Simon. Simon's eyes were opened to himself and Jesus. We know this because he says, Lord. He changes his address to Jesus. Peter is not merely being respectful. He's now reverent. Something was revealed to his heart. He says, go away from me. I am a sinful man. He recognized how unworthy he was to be in the presence of the divine. And he was afraid. It's kind of like the reactions of Mary and Joseph and, and everyone else 
who's visited by an angel. But Jesus responds, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be fishing for people. Jesus revealed himself as divine and told Simon, you're going to be part of what I'm doing here. From now on, you are fishing, but you're doing it differently. Because of his encounter here with Jesus and of this revelation of God to him, he would do what he knows how to do, but on a totally different mission. He would participate with Jesus in the work that Jesus sent him to, was sent to do. And that was his change in direction. If we want to be about change in 2019, in ourselves and in the world, let's look for the revelation of God here. Jesus is not just relating to Simon Peter. Luke recorded this carefully so that we too could confidently receive some revelation. And I think we all have our own boats that we're in. You know, a place that we're laboring or weary, perhaps with not much to show for it. We might be trying to go back out and try again or try harder on our own. In our work, in whatever we feel is our vocation, in our marriage, in parenting, in relationships with those around us. The invitation here is to pay attention in a new way. Jesus is near to you. Let Jesus get in the boat, so to speak. He's doing something so much bigger than you personally. But he is near to you because he wants you to relate to him. There is this personal invitation from Jesus. And when we listen and respond, our eyes are open not only to the divine, but to who we are. Our hearts are changed. It's not, it's not about what we're striving for. The results of this great catch of fish isn't what the story is about. The, the change in direction was Simon's heart. He saw himself and his need in a new way. He saw Jesus, and he was humbled. He was afraid. He didn't understand the meaning of this divine revelation to him until Jesus said, essentially, come with me. Jesus has a word to us, many words, actually. The Bible. We need to read the Bible to get a clearer picture of who Jesus is. And as we do it, like Simon, our eyes are opened. We recognize in a, way, in a new way that we are sinners. But Jesus' response from, to, to Simon was not condemnation. It was, it was an invitation. His response reveals God's heart. I have come near to you. You recognize your sin, but don't be afraid. You will fish, but you will fish with me. This was about what Jesus wanted to do. Simon received a calling to be on a mission with him. Use what you've been given, but use it for me. Even, in, even if it feels like a small fishing boat, even if it doesn't make sense to us or the people around us watching, 
even if it feels like a conflict between what you want to do and what Jesus is leading you to do. We can take Jesus at his word and follow. Don't be afraid. Take the step of faith. Use everything we are, everything we have, to be on mission with Jesus. He knows we want, to, he knows we want fish, but we don't even need them. When we're on mission with Jesus, God provides in ways we cannot predict or understand. Simon left all of those fish. We all have moments of weariness or weakness or empty nets. This is a change in direction. Instead of pushing Jesus away and continuing on with what we think we want to do, change in direction with Jesus and use everything, every muscle, to be consciously engaged with the mission. God, thank you for um, your response through Jesus to Simon, this invitation um, without condemnation. Help us to live into that individually and together as a body. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.